Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. So many things going on, and we are today starting a brand new series in conjunction with uh, Church Doesn't Have to Be Scary, simply called this, Life Doesn't Have to Be Scary. And I will 100% admit to you that it is a little bit of a play on words and a little bit of a thought-provoking statement, because how many of you know life actually is scary? I mean, life doesn't have to be scary. What are you talking about? Life actually in a very real way can be incredibly scary. Every single one of us today, there's no one here that is immune from the opportunity, and I say that in a negative context, but the opportunity to be filled with worry and anxiety and fret about the future and what's going on and what about this. We live in a world that the Bible says so, but it is falling apart. From, from global crisis and famine and wars and natural disasters to the political divide in our nation and the moral decline and economic uncertainty and just our personal lives with so much opportunity for, for the unknown, for fear to creep in. We live in a world and we live life that if we're being honest, it can be downright scary. I, I think the older I get, I'm actually becoming more and more aware of how scary life can be. Uh, we have four children. It's like, we know, Brandon, you say it every time you have a microphone. Okay, well, just get over it. Uh, we have four, four children, nine, seven, five, and two. Today, actually, is Bethany, our two-year-old. It's her birthday today, October 1st. And um, <clears throat> I remember with, with, with Evelyn, our firstborn, in the, the, the delivery room, I was so oblivious. I'm like, it's great. We're having a baby. Nothing could possibly go wrong. And I was so oblivious to any possibility of complication or difficulty. And fast forward the tape to baby number four, Bethany. No word of a lie, I passed out in the delivery room cold. I woke up in a wheelchair facing the wall with an apple juice, like a, <laughs> like, like a dork. Because just I, I got so overwhelmed with the possibility in the reality is that life can be in incredibly scary, but the, uh, the heart of this series, and not to ruin the punchline, but, but it's this, that while life may be scary, life doesn't have to be scary. Be- because we, we serve a God, there is a God who has set his love upon us, who has sent us his son that has paid the price for all of our sins, that has reconciled or brought us near to himself, that has made us promises and provisions of protection and, 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 and provision and his presence in any and all circumstance. And yes, while life can be scary, the reality is that it does not have to be so in relationship with our God in a covenant covered by him. Someone say amen. And so we're, we're, we're going to, for the month of October, uh, we can't exhaust every subject, but we're just going to just subject by subject, topic by topic. We're going to talk about what the Bible has to say about issues that right now can be very scary, very uh, unnerving for people, and remind ourselves that we have a God who has set his love upon us. T- today, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. The title of the sermon today is simply this, the world 
doesn't have to be scary. The world doesn't have to be scary. And while we will talk, talk topic by topic today uh, a, l- a little more broad, we're just going to talk about the reality that the world, generically speaking, life overall doesn't have to be scary. John 16, I don't remember if I asked you to turn there or not, but in case I didn't, John 16.33, it's where we're going to start today. And it is the theme scripture for this entire series. These are the words of Jesus. And Jesus says this in John 16.33. These things I've spoken to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. I want to read it one more time. John 16, 33, Jesus, he says this, these things I've spoken to you. I'm, I'm telling you everything I'm telling you so that in me, in me, key words, in me, you may have peace. For in the world you will. Notice the definitive language. He doesn't say you might. He doesn't say if you make bad choices. He doesn't say, if you don't do what I say, you know, he just, in the world, you will. Absolutely 100%, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Hey, in me, you have peace. And you can be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Again, today, the title of the sermon, what we're talking about is, is this reality that the world doesn't have to be scary. One of the things that I'm so thankful for is that the Bible does not sweep stuff under the rug. I'm, I'm so thankful the Bible doesn't hide stuff. Uh, like, like, for example, you and I do this all the time. Uh, we greet people and we can be having the worst week ever. And someone goes, hey, how, how are you doing? Doing great, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just doing wonderful. And, and you're, you're lying. That's not the truth. You are totally not, not being honest, but we're, we're good at sweeping stuff un, under the rug. Have you ever done this? I know I've done it. You're having a really difficult day and you are not yelling at the kids. You're not arguing with your spouse, but you kind of are. And things are, and you, you get a phone call and it's like, oh, I can't, blah, 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 blah. Hello. Oh, so good. Every, oh man, blessed and highly favored. Oh, I'm so, and, and we, we, we sweep stuff under the rug. Sometimes the, the worst uh, offenders are Christians that, that we act like and talk like everything's always great. Hey, how you doing? Oh, blessed and highly favored, brother. Really? I heard your car got stolen. I heard your dog ran away. I heard someone gifted you a cat. It does not sound like you are, oh, and, but we're, well, bless and highly Hey, how you doing? Oh, feeling healed. Sounds like you're feeling sick. And, and now listen, I'm, I'm not saying that there's not power in our words, but, but all I'm saying is if we're not careful, we think like, we talk like, we act like, no, all of these things aren't real because I'm a believer. No, 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 the, none of this applies to me because I am a Christian, and so we, we sweep stuff under the rug, forgetting that that's not what Jesus said. Jesus says right here in John 16, 33, he says this. He says, in this life, you can throw that scripture up there, John 16, 33, he says, in this life, you will, you will have 
tribulation. Can can I read to you the definition for this word tribulation? This word tribulation is a Greek word thlipsis, which means a pressing, a pressing together or a pressure that can be felt. It's uh, metaphorically can, uh, can be used to speak to feelings of oppression or affliction or distress. You ever just felt like life was just squeezing you? You ever felt like you get in the middle of a circumstance and you can't articulate it, but you can just feel the pressure mounting? Maybe you can't articulate it. Maybe you can't actually go, no, it's, it's these five things, but, but, but it describes this feeling that we can have that we walk through circumstances and situations and seasons where there is a pressing. I just feel the pressure. I feel right now the weight. And Jesus says, hey, good, good news, kind of, not really. In this world, 100%, 1,000%, you will face tribulation. Aren't you glad he said more than that? Like, this would be a terrible time to end the sermon. You will face tribulation. All right, let's pray, and that, that'd be a bad time to end. But he says just, it, it's the reality. And by the way, so much of scripture speaks to this. I think of scriptures, we'll read these in a moment, but, but James 1, 2, that says, when, not if, but when you fall into various trials, count it all joy. Think about Romans 5, 3. Again, we'll read these in a moment, but where the apostle Paul, he says, hey, don't just glory in the grace of God. Glory when you face trial and tribulation. Think, th- th- think about scriptures like 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13, where, where Peter goes, hey, I'm, wh- why are you guys surprised? Why are you acting shocked as if some strange thing is happening to you? These trials you're experiencing, these should be expected. The reality of life is that life can be hard and life can be scary. Now, none of this, by the way, to anybody this morning is a surprise, like no one's sitting here going, really? That's so interesting. I've never experienced anything difficult. Interesting. I, hey, can we take a poll? And anybody else? Because I've never, no, none of us. And that's not surprising. But what is surprising is that Jesus tells us that in the middle of life, the world in which we face tribulation, that there's something that we can have and, and there's a way we should be living. And these are very countercultural and counterintuitive. John 16, 33, I want to point him out to you. He says this, yes, in this world, you will have tribulation. But listen, he says, in me, someone say in me. In me, you may have peace. And, and you can actually be of good cheer. Can can I read to you the definitions for these words in the original language? Because it's almost funny how ridiculous they are when we think about them in conjunction with tribulation. There's this word peace. It is the Greek word irani. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And here's what it means. A state of tranquility, exemption and relief from rage, havoc, and experienced harmony on the inside. It speaks to an internal uh, sense of security and safety. I love this. A tranquility of the soul. A tranquility of the, of the soul. And an exemption from fear and worry and anxiety that tribulation can bring. 
What a counterintuitive thought in conjunction with tribulation, with pressing, with pressure. He goes, you, you, you can have in me an internal state of tranquility, exemption from the rage and havoc and fear and all the things that tribulation cause, you can on the inside have a tranquility and an exemption from. Well, listen to this word, uh, this phrase, be of good cheer. It's the Greek phrase, thereso, which simply means to be of good courage, good cheer, have a lightness of mind, be encouraged, enthusiastic, and glad. You know what this phrase good good cheer means? It means to have a smile on your face. It means to have a lightness of mind. It it, it is, uh, my first thought when I read this, it is the the real life version of Buddy the Elf. You you guys ever seen, that's my favorite Christmas movie, one of them, but, but the movie Elf, Buddy the Elf, he's just so happy all the time. He's got a smile on his face. He is in his mind just light and free from all the realities of life. This is the person that we all know who at times is so incredibly positive and joyful that it just gets on your nerves. Have you ever met this person before where they're just so happy that you want to punch them? They're so happy you want to make them unhappy. This was yesterday. We went to my daughter's soccer game who actually was not playing in the game. My son had a game and then the second half of her game was happening and uh, she's at kids camp, which by the way, can we just take a poll? I think we should do kids camp once a month. All, all the parents who've experienced rest and reprieve said, hey, I think we, once a month kids camp, we need to make it happen. But she, she was at kids camp and she said, hey, will, will you guys go watch my game? I, I wanna know how it goes. And uh, we have some friends, that, their daughter's playing on the team. So we went and watched and, um, Our goalie yesterday, she saves the ball. Good job. We're applauding you for that. But then she's like looking like, who can I kick it to? And she lit. it was the softest, weakest pass I've seen in my life. And she does not pass to Artie. She passes it to the other team's best player who one touch rockets it into the corner of the goal. And we got a mom over here going, good try. Thinking, good try. There was nothing good, good, good about that. And how positive you are is really frustrating me. It, it's that person. Be of good cheer means you're, you're full of joy. You have a lightness of mind. And listen to what Jesus says. He says, in this life, yes, you will have tribulation. In other words, he says, no, in this life, there will be opportunity for worry and fear and anxiety. Yes, I am not sweeping under the rug nor ignoring that life can be scary that the world can be scary. But in me, you can have peace. The Bible says this in John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus said, peace I leave with you and my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I love that Jesus says, peace I'm giving to you. And peace I'm leaving, not as the world gives, but a peace that surpasses the world's ability to to give you peace. Jesus says, I'm offering you peace in the midst of tribulation and the ability to be of good cheer. Now, before anybody goes, hey, man, 
It's good, it's good preaching. Uh, yet, let's admit that this is good preaching, but it's really hard living. Can, can I just get an amen to that? Like, like it's good preaching, but it's really hard living. And I think sometimes we, we, we don't connect the dots and we don't say, you know, that is good preaching. That, that is true. I will amen to the fact that, yes, we can have joy in every circumstance, but that's really difficult. And honestly, when I get to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I don't know how to even comprehend having peace and being of good cheer in the midst of the tribulation, the pressure, the difficulty I am facing. And, and I want to read John 16, 33 one more time. And I want, I want to show you something that, that we have to get because it is the hinge for everything uh, that Jesus is saying. John 16, 33, Jesus says, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. For in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer for, and here, here's the hinge right here, for I have overcome the world. For I have overcome the world. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, just first thought today. What, what hinges are or gives us the ability to have peace, what gives us the ability to, to be of good cheer is this reality that I'm praying you get a revelation of today. And it's this, that Jesus has overcome the world. Would you just write that down? Jesus, he's overcome the world. John 16, Jesus says, you can be of good cheer, not because of good church vibes. You can be of good cheer, not because of positive thinking. You can be of good cheer, not because he is faithful and all the scrutiny. He said, no, no, no. You can be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. We won't take time to read the definition just for time's sake, but the word overcome, it literally means to conquer, to overcome, to without question have victory over all of one's enemies or foes. It is referring to the victory that Jesus gained when he died upon the cross, defeated death, hell, and the grave, and was raised to life victoriously. The, the, the word world literally speaks to the world broadly. It's the word cosmos. And it speaks to, yes, the actual physical world, the universe and the galaxies, but it also speaks to all the inhabitants of the world. It speaks to all the governments and systems and the, the orders. Jesus is saying, take heart, be of good cheer for everything within this world I have overcome. Pastor Gill says this a lot. We don't fight or live for victory. We live from victory. I'm not fighting and thinking and praying and trying to live so that I can. No, I'm living from a state of Jesus. He's already overcome the world. There's a bunch of scriptures that I'm, I'm going to read them quickly for time's sake, but, but I really want you to, to catch some of these. Colossians 2.15. Listen to what Colossians 2.15 says. Colossians 2.15 should be on the screen. It says, Jesus, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over, over them in it. It's talking about Jesus' victory on the cross. And Jesus, he did not just die and get victory over sin, but it says that, no, he's disarmed. 
every principality in power, all of the enemy and all of, of, of the enemy's workers, so to speak. He's disarmed every principality in power. He made a public spectacle of them and he triumphed over them. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter, seven, uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 uh, should be on the screen. I'm hoping it is. Thank you so much. In as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Pause. It says that through his death, he destroyed him who had the power of death. That is the devil. He, he didn't just win a battle. He destroyed the enemy. It goes on in verse 15. And having released those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Jesus destroyed. He, he obliterated. He disarmed. He, he had complete and total victory over the enemy, over all of his power, over all evil for our, all time. It is not even close. Jesus, he reigns today victoriously. Jesus today is not stressed. Jesus today is not up there trying to strategize, how are we going to win? He's sitting today, seated at the right hand of God, having fully gained victory for all time. Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, I'm sorry, go here first. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Philippians 2, 9, 9 through 11 says this. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God's given him the name that's of every name. And while we may not feel it right now because God is patient and God in his love is, is waiting and giving as many as possible the opportunity to repent and turn from their sin before he returns and this whole thing's wrapped up, there will come a day. The, the, the victory has already been won. The bill has already been paid, so to speak. And there will come a day where Jesus, he will return and every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth. Every knee will bow and every tongue. He is already victorious. Last scripture that I'll read to you, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 27. It says, for he has put all things, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 27, he's put all things under his feet. But when he says that all things are put under him, it is evident that he who put all things under him is exempt. Go back to the first part. For he has put all things under his feet. Brandon, how can I have peace? Just a state of tranquility. Just whew, ease on the end. How can I be of good cheer? How can I live light and free be, be, because he's overcome the world? That's great. He's overcome the world. How does that have anything to do with me, though? You can write this down, second thought that I want you to get today. And it's simply this, that Jesus has, has overcome the world and he has brought us near 
and placed us in himself. He's brought us near and placed us in himself. This is not planned whatsoever. Uh, Jenny, would you join me on the stage real quick? Thank, thank you so much. This, this is not a planned illustration. And so if it goes wrong, you can uh, for, forgive me later um, because we're married and you have to. Okay. Um, so, so often we think that, yeah, Jesus, he's forgiven us of all of our sins and he's just brought us like, so we're, like we're, we're close. Oh, thank, th- thank you, Lord. We're close now. I can experience and feel, you, feel your presence. You, you're here. But what we don't realize is the Bible says, no, 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 no. Yes, he's brought us close, but we are not standing shoulder to shoulder with Jesus. And I, I wish that I was much larger right now because the illustration would be so much better. And also you're my wife, so I can do this. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, this is my wife. Um, but he, he's brought us near and he has... He's covered us. This is why the scripture says so much that we are in Christ. So so much of the Bible, if you don't know, you'll miss it. But Paul writes extensively saying over and over again, because we are now in Christ, because we have been brought near and we have been, we're covered the Bible, you can sit down. Thank you so much. The, the Bible says this in Second uh, Corinthians chapter five. Let's go to verse eighteen, and we'll just read a little bit of scripture. Second Corinthians five eighteen says, "Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation." That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are the ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. We won't go back and count, but you should go back and count how many times in that short passage of scripture, the Bible says we've been reconciled. We've been reconciled. Doesn't matter what you've done, past. No, no, no. We've been forgiven. He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God and we have been reconciled or brought near to him. But again, not just brought near to him. Galatians 3.27, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You are not just shoulder to shoulder. You've been covered by Christ. We are now in Christ. So what what does that have to do with with not having worry? Because if Jesus has overcome, if Jesus is fully victorious over all of the enemy, over all things for all time, there is no one that even rivals his authority. If he's overcome... I've been brought near, but not just brought near. I've been enveloped and covered. I'm, my life is hidden in Christ. Then number three, we can sit with the reality that because Jesus has overcome, you can write this down, we too can overcome. Because Jesus has overcome, we too can overcome. 1 John 5, 5. The Apostle John writes this, who is he who overcomes the world? 
but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. He who, who believes, who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. The Bible says, Romans 8, 37, yet in, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through our disciplined Bible reading and prayer life. Nope. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through learning the right things to say and the right things to do and just having a positive attitude. Nope. The, the, the list can go on and on, all the things that we think in our mind. Well, I'm, I'm only a, an overcomer and I can only conquer, I only have victory if fill in the blank. And we have every reason in the book why we can't, why we won't, why it never will. But, but all those things are not what the Bible says give us the ability to overcome. Romans 8, 37, you can keep it up there. But in all these things, Paul, Paul had just been describing all these difficulties. In all of these things, yes, in your whole list, in all of these things, we are now more than conquerors through him who loved us. How can, why do I have victory? Why can I, how can I overcome? Oh, because God loves you. That's why. Be, be, because God loves you. And God has proven and demonstrated in his love in that Jesus came and Jesus lived the life that we could not live. He died the death that we deserve. He completely and totally conquered death, hell, and the grave, gaining victory for all time. He sits on the throne today. And because in his victory, it was not just for him, but because he has brought us near and he's covered us no matter what life may throw in our, in our way, no matter what we are facing, because I am in the one who has overcome the world, I too can live as more than a conqueror. I too can, I love part of the definition of this word overcome. It simply means to get past something. It means to get past. I know right now, God, that this is what I'm facing, but I know that in you, I can get past this. I can get through this. I can get over this. Why? Because, because I'm in Christ. Jesus says, yes, the world, yeah, it's scary, but be of good cheer. You can have peace in me because I've overcome the world. Brandon, how do I practically, tangibly live this out. Uh, I, I just want to, want to give you three thoughts as we close today and the worship team is going to join me here in a second. But I want to give you these three thoughts. You can throw them on the screen. Um, <clears throat> number one is cast your care on him. Number two is in all things at all times pray. And number three is to take authority in, in his name. Let me explain. The first thing that we can do this morning is remember that he calls us to cast our care on him. Can I ask you, what, what are you carrying today? I was talking to a pastor much older than me, much further along, and I said, tell me one of the, tell me, tell, tell me one, one of the secrets to just live in full of joy. Because you could be faking it, maybe you are, but every time I'm around you, man, you're, just, you're just full of joy. You're light. How do you do that? He said, oh. He said, I've learned 
to not carry burdens Jesus has not, not asked me to carry. I don't carry burdens. I don't have permission from him to carry. I think the reason so often we, we, we're just weighed down, we're carrying things. He didn't ask you to carry that. That, that that's, not, that's not something he asked you to. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all of your care. Someone say all. Cast all of your care on him for he cares for you. Number two, in all things, at all times, pray. The Bible says in Philippians chapter four, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in everything, pray. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, through prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. In other words, at all times, in all things, pray, go to God with thanksgiving. Let me just take a second. Why does it say with thanksgiving? Because the whole premise of our life as a believer, it's from victory. It's not for victory. Oh God, oh God, I'm just praying if there's a way, somehow, some way, if it's your will, would you just, no. I'm praying, going, Lord, I'm, I'm living from victory. You, you've already settled this thing. You are victorious. You have overcome. I'm in the one who is, who is victorious and you've made me promises. And while I don't know how it's gonna happen, I don't know when it's gonna happen, I'm not quite sure how I'm gonna get through or get past or get over. I know it's already been settled. And so I'm not coming to pray to go, oh God, just, if there's a will, if there's a way, just, I'm going in Thanksgiving. Oh, Lord, thank you today that even though we are facing hell in this situation, oh, I thank you, God, that you haven't left me. You haven't forsaken me. Oh, thank you, God, that you're with me. Thank you that you're for me. Thank you, God, that your presence and power will preserve me through the valley of the shadow of death. Thank you, God, that you're not gonna leave me and that you will, da, 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 da. Philippians 4, six through seven says, in all things with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Go to God and thank God and remind yourself of his promises, his victory. And the peace of God will surpass all understanding. Lastly, is, is when and where it is applicable, take authority. Take, take, take authority. Put that back on the screen, Victor. Cast all of your care upon him. In all things at all times, pray and take authority in his name. That's not a weird thing, by the way. Let me prove to you how weird and how, how normal that is. I've used this illustration before. It is another kid illustration, forgive me. But when, when I send one of my kids upstairs to get the other kids, no one goes, that's kind of weird. It's a little bit awkward. They just, like they were really, they, they went up there and they used your, your authority. No, they're my kid. And, and I gave them a command Go, get your brother and sister, tell them it is time for dinner and we need to, kind of, it, it's no different. We are the children of God. We are God's sons and daughters. And we, as a part of his family, we in his name have now been given the authority of Christ. It's not a weird thing over spiritual notes. It's like, no, this, I'm in him. I'm part of his family. This is clearly demonic. This is clearly the enemy. This is not God's best. And so in Jesus' name, I'm going, nope, we're not doing that. 
Can I tell you how often just under my breath in my prayer time, things are going on with my kids and I'm well aware of the culture we live in and all the potential for cultural decline. And as a dad, I I can at times worry to go, oh man, what if my kids, what if my, and so often I'm just stopping to go, nope. In Jesus name, thank you, Lord, that this is what you've said. And that's a big no right there. Thank you, God, that you are protecting and preserving my kids under the purpose and plan you have for their life. We're just just taking authority. How do I practically live out the life that Jesus has called me to live where I have peace, where I live light-hearted, good cheer. Oh man, I no, when I say blessed and highly favored, I mean, we're just so blessed and highly, we're just so thankful. How do I do that? In, in, in all situations, cast your care on him. Oh no, no, Lord, today I'm not carrying that burden. I'm not falling into the trap and the temptation of carrying a burden that is not mine to carry. In all things at all times, pray, God, I'm, I'm running to you as fast as possible. And when applicable, you take authority. One of the silliest things right now with our son, who's five, is he's asking us to help him put his clothes on. Son, you can put your own clothes on. You prove it to me by changing 17 times a day. Like, we, like we're, I don't need to come put your, put, put your PJs on. You, there's so many things that God goes, no, I love you and I'm with you and I'm for you. But you go put your pajamas on. You've been given the authority. You've been given the ability. Take my name, take my word. You go put, put, put your pajamas on. We take authority in his name. One of the things that I was praying this morning, we'll end right here, is I was just praying that God would break mindsets and through breaking mindsets would give us breakthrough. I, I, I don't like using this phrase because I know it has so many implications, but, but I really was praying, God, would you just break the poverty mentality and, and, and the lack mindset? And I don't just mean that with money. I just mean that in life. God would, God, would you break that mindset in us because of what we know you have done and you have promised? God, just break the mindset, the Eeyore, woe is me. Just break that in us. What does what the Apostle Paul, he goes, I'm praying that God would open the eyes of your understanding that you may know what is the hope of the calling, what is the riches, the glory of the inheritance we've been given, and what is the exceedingly great power that is at work in us, towards us. I, I'll give it to you 100%. Jesus said it himself, the world is scary. For sure it is. Life is absolutely it is. But I'm here to tell someone today, the world doesn't have to be scary because Jesus has fully overcome. He's brought us near. He's covered us. And because we are today in Christ, we've been given every promise, every provision, the authority to live victoriously and to live as overcomers. Someone said amen. Hey, this morning, as, as we close, I want to pray for you. And before I do, I was going to ask that you, that you close your eyes and bow your head right where you are. And I just want to give an opportunity this morning for anybody who's here who, who hasn't given their life to Jesus. Um, may, maybe you have given your life to Jesus, but it, but it was a long time ago. And, and you just want to re- 
rededicate your heart or rededicate your life. You know, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. If God is speaking to you, today is the day to go, God, I, I need you, I surrender. And so I wanna pray for you today and with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus or you just freshly today wanna do that, would you just put your hand up? You're not doing it for me, you're doing it for yourself, just saying that, yeah, that's all right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can put your hand down. Lord, today we pray for every single person. Matter of fact, can we just all, all repeat this together? Can we just all together say, Jesus, I thank you for your life, your death, your resurrection, for the victory you've given me. And today I confess you as Lord and I put my faith and my trust in you. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for salvation. I receive it today in Jesus' name. Lord, today we do, we thank you for, for, for every person that raised their hand today. And we ask you in the name of Jesus that for all of us, you give us a fresh revelation and a fresh perspective to today of the, of the overwhelming victory that we have in Christ. Lord, I pray that although life may be scary, the world may be scary, that God today, you would help us to break the mindsets, the mentalities that are holding us and you would allow us to break through in the name of Jesus. Would you stand up on your feet with me today? We're gonna sing this song again, Christ Alone, Cornerstone. We're gonna sing this song. We, we sang it earlier, but let's just respond to God. Let's sing this victoriously. Let's respond to God with worship in our heart and thank Him today that He has overcome and because He has, we too can live that way. again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.